Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening to on Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and on YouTube. We're here to talk about our Week 6 NFL picks, and it pains me to say, it truly hurts my feelings to say, that our combined record after five weeks is 27-48. and 48. Ow! It hurts. It really hurts, but we're not giving up. PBS is not done yet. Lesser men would quit while they're so far behind there's no chance to catch up but that that ain't us we're out here and if you want to fade us go ahead one of these weeks you'll be wrong and we'll be right so joining me as they will every week through the super bowl pbs Pete county pat boyle and mark shanlugan pat boyle one and four last week how are you feeling uh pathetic i mean you summed mm. it up i mm. feel pretty pathetic but uh you know look it's a long season man and winners are made in february in the super bowl they're not made in october been a slow start it's been a brutal start but we're going to turn it around insanity is the definition of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results it's time to mix it up uh i'm going to go basically just majority against the spread picks how the folks do them how the how the folks did it before we had legalized gambling you picked one number and that was it and that's what i'm going to base most of my picks off uh because i feel like i've gotten the side so you know the side right so many times in these same game parlays that I've been doing and I've been getting the total wrong and there's nothing more infuriating than that. Uh, but it's time to step up, man. It's time to change some shit around eight and 17 myself is unacceptable. So this is going to be a big week ahead and this is the start of something great. Just to uh, cover that up real quick last week on three of your four losses, you had one leg and not the other. And that's what you're saying. Most of those all year long would have hit if you took them straight so it sounds like that's your new strategy. We'll obviously get to your picks in a little bit. Also here, the uh, the S of PBS, Mark Shenlugan. Mark, how are you feeling with your whopping best number of the trio last week at two and three? Well, Pete, you know, I don't feel as bad as, as Pat does. Pat might be on DEFCON one, two, three, or maybe ten at this point. Um, look, uh, it's a new week. We're, we're zero and zero, and, and that's what counts. Each week is independent of itself. Last week does not influence my picks for this week. Um, so, yeah, I don't know about, you know, seeing what my record is in February because at, at this pace I won't even qualify for the wild card round. But uh, that being said, I'm ready to get back to it this week. So There you go. So now we have uh, the records, as you can see here, on uh, if you're watching on YouTube. I'm at 10 and 15. The, the, the speed-setting pace here of 10 and 15 out of the three of us and then uh, Pat, 9 and 16. Did I write that backwards? Shen is 9 and 16, and Pat, you're 8 and 17? Correct. Yeah, I believe so. So I, I gave you the, as the wrong one. So, Pat, you're 8 and 17, and Mark, you're 9 and 16. And it you know only can go up from here, is in my estimation. I'm just kind of happy at this point. None of us have gone 0 and 6. On, I'm sorry, 0 and 5 on a week. 0 and 6 would be impressive. Um, but now it's time to flip the script, and I think what we're doing here now is whoever has the worst week starts us off on the next week. So, Pat, you or I could start. Do you have a preference? I'll go first. I'm ready to rip, man. I got the confidence of a guy who's 8 and – I don't have the confidence of a guy who's 8 and 17 on the year. I got the confidence of a guy who's about to go 5 and 0. Oh. 
Let's go with the cover Kings. Let's go with the Atlanta Falcons straight up plus five and a half at home against the 49ers. The only team undefeated against the spread, a perfect five and oh. And I just think Atlanta has been playing, you know, really under the radar football, man. I mean, this goes back to week one. They were up double digits against the Saints in the fourth quarter, blew that one. And what I love about Atlanta is that their two other losses, they were getting blown out in both of them and they came back. They have not given up. They have shown a ton this year under Arthur Smith and, and a propensity to play a full four quarters game. They were getting washed by the Rams, came back, almost won that game. And then they were getting blown out by Brady uh, again the other week, 21, nothing came back 21, 15. If not for what I, I can't believe I'm saying this, if not for the second worst roughing the passer call I've ever seen and second of the week, uh, they would have had a chance to have the ball back and win that game. So this is a team that's been down three scores now twice this year. They don't give up. Uh, so I, I like that, you know, even if this game, if the 49ers get ahead early, which they've been doing the last couple of weeks, Atlanta's going to stay in this game. They're going to stick to what works, and that is the run game. And even without Cordero Patterson, Tyler Allegier, Caleb Huntley, Avery Williams, they have stepped up nicely. Uh, for the most part, Atlanta is healthy across the offensive line, which they haven't been for a lot of this season. The defense has done a pretty good job at, at shutting down the run. You know, they, you, they could be thrown all over. But that's where I like this matchup. San Francisco, they're not going to throw the ball all over. They're going to want to run the ball. This is going to be a physical game. I like Atlanta in this spot to, to keep this game within a touchdown, to keep it within five points. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I've, been, I've been trying to fade San Francisco for the last couple of weeks, even though I love them, even though I said for months that going with Trey Lance was the worst decision. This team is a legit contender in the NFC with Garoppolo. They have proved that. That being said, I think they're due – for either a letdown spot entirely, maybe losing this game, or this game to definitely be close. So give me the Falcons plus five and a half. They're going to stay undefeated against the spread. Is that something you're going to sprinkle some money line action on as well, perhaps? No, no, probably not. Because, you know, again, I I, I think San Francisco probably does win this game. Okay. But I think you've seen the spread. Even though there's a lot of money coming in on the 49ers, the spread keeps coming down. It was at six and a half, then six. Right. Now it's at five and a half. Went back up to six. Back to five and a half. I like where it's moving. I like Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, Bill Simmons always calls this line like the Vegas zone where it's kind of no man's land. Like everywhere from four and a half to like five and a half, six is like kind of just a weird spot. But you're right. The teetering on this line is interesting to me. And I have I have thoughts on this game coming up on one of my later picks. But I'll move to my first pick. And Pat, you know, when when something's not going well, you have to go with what you know. And now it's time for me to bet on my Minnesota Vikings minus three and a half at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are starting a third string quarterback. I mean, what are we talking about here? This line somehow opened up at a uh, Dolphins minus one. I'm seeing here on pregame.com, which blows my mind. I guess if Teddy Bridgewater was going to be the starter, if he was going to be ready or if Tua was going to be ready, then they were going to say the Dolphins are a better team, but I'm looking at this with a, with a couple different perspectives. Brees Hall ran all over uh, the Dolphins last week. The Jets just played all over the place against the Dolphins and put up 40 damn points. Dalvin Cook had his best game of the week last week against the Bears. The Dolphins defense is not equipped to shut down this run game. And he doesn't get Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins doing their thing with an offense and with Skylar Thompson uh, at the helm for the Dolphins. I just don't see a realm where the Dolphins have a chance to keep this one close. I think the Vikings should win this one handedly. It'll be their fourth win in a row. And we're going to look back at that Philly game and maybe say, hey, the Eagles got him on Monday night, primetime Kirk. But when you get Kirk Cousins on a Sunday at one o'clock, I love my odds because that's where he thrives. 
in the shadows where nobody's watching, no one's tuning in to watch Skylar Thompson. They're going to look at their fantasy teams and see Justin Jefferson with over 100, Dalvin Cook with over 100, and the Vikings win by more than a touchdown. So I'll take Vikings minus three and a half at the Dolphins. Not as hot anymore down there. That's my first pick. All right, pick one for me. Um, I'm sticking with the two-game parlays. I don't care if it's 9-16 and 16 so far. Eventually, the tide will turn. Um, Pete, for all the reasons you said, this feels like the Chiefs-Colts game a couple of weeks ago with where the, this line is. Um, I don't understand how it's currently at 3 three and a half. Skylar Thompson, as you said, is confirmed to be playing quarterback this week, and the Vikings don't have any notable injuries to me. Um, I just need the money line. I don't, I'm not going with the points. Just give me the Vikings money line. Um, yeah, Kirk Cousins, one o'clock sounds fantastic to me. They're the better team. And look, you're playing a third string quarterback who couldn't beat the Jets at the end of the day. Um, pick two, my God, did the Pittsburgh Steelers look pathetic last week and they're going against Tom Brady and the Bucks this week. I don't care if the game is at Heinz field, whatever they're calling it these days, it's not going to matter. This Bucks defense has been Pretty top of the line, in my opinion, so far throughout the season outside of, you know, the game against Kansas City. But who doesn't look pathetic against Kansas City at times? Um, at some point, Brady and the Bucks have to play a complete game with offense, defense, and special teams. And if you can't do it against Kenny Pickett, then, man, I don't, I don't know when it's going to come. But for a Bucks money line and Vikings money line parlay at plus 100, I've been wrong the past five weeks thinking these are easy wins. And I'm, But you know what? Plus 100, I think that's a lock. So... That's my first pick of the week. But before we move on to Pat's pick, we got to talk about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook because the NFL action is in full swing and DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. Best part is new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And that's for new customers, but check this out. In addition to all your usual bets, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And I'm thinking of the Jacksonville Jaguars right now because I'm thinking if you get their spread up on the alternate line to about plus eight, eight and a half, you're going to get past the touchdown and feel real good about that. Then you include their defense with Josh Allen to get two-plus sacks as a team against slow Matt Ryan and the Colts. You're going to feel good about that. And I think Christian Kirk is due for a big game. So either go over on his yards or maybe an anytime touchdown, and that'll set you up. And then, to make it even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, pick number two. Let's go to another dog. Let's go to another home dog. And let's go to the guy that sparks debate like none other in this group chat amongst us, amongst New York media. Daniel Jones, I am going back to the well. And I'm taking the New York Giants here, plus five and a half. Um, you know, Pete, for so long this year, we said this team sucks. There's no receivers, which is all, which is true. Uh, new coach, like not a lot of talent on the defensive side. They're going to be horrible. And week after week after week, the Giants continue to prove everybody wrong. I think something that the sport and, and, and the books continuing to sell on the Giants, they're plus five and a half at home. They're four and one <laughs> home teams, home dogs with an 80% plus winning percentage are 50 and 32 against the spread as home dogs over the last 20 years. And yet 
sports books continuing just like they did last Sunday, just like I thought I had a parlay with the Packers money line. And you think to yourself, how do they keep doing this? Well, what I think the sports books fail to take into account is that, you know, you just see, you see the Packers blew the game last week. You see the Titans blew the game week one against the Giants. And you say, oh, well, those teams just choked, right? That's not going to happen. But it keeps happening. It keeps happening. Wink Martindale is a goddamn genius right now. Not only the way he goes into a game, the way that he uh, deploys that shell defense, the blitz packages on third down, but the adjustments he makes at halftime. Aaron Rodgers did whatever the hell he wanted to do against the Giants in London in the first half, and then they, he did nothing that he wanted to do against them in the second half. And oppositely, Brian Dayball also is getting the absolute most out of an offense that honestly should be in the CFL. Daniel Jones at quarterback, receivers led by Marcus Johnson, who I had no clue who the fuck he was before last Sunday, and David Sills, and yet they're scoring points and they're winning games. They marched down the field at will against Green Bay in the second half. And I thought going into that game, all right, well, Green Bay is just going to run all over them. Everybody has run all over the Giants. And in the second half, they couldn't do it. So there's something to be said about the adjustments that are going on in the halftime locker room with the New York Giants. And look, five and a half, Baltimore has not been convincing to me at all so far this season. Lamar as a favorite in his career, he's under 500 against the spread. He's 22 and 25. That you've got the fact that this secondary can't cover anybody right now. As much of a bounce back we thought they were going to have, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey just look old right now. And Chuck Clark doesn't look good. Um, you know, it got, too, it got so bad to the point where Jimmy Smith retired because he couldn't, he simply couldn't, his legs weren't holding up anymore. This secondary sucks. And again, is Daniel Jones going to take advantage and throw for 300 yards? No. But that being said, the Giants are going to get Saquon Barkley involved, the MVP so far for this team, and a surefire candidate for an MVP in the NFL the way that he has carry this offense they're going to run the ball with success they're going to keep this game close and if nothing else i'm trusting that dayball and martindale are going to make the adjustments necessary at halftime to keep this game within a touchdown to keep this game within the spread giants at home the home dogs i'm going to roll with them here plus five and a half pat i also have thoughts on that game coming up as well so we'll hang tight for that but as i mentioned before I think one of us might have a winning week because my second pick is 49ers minus five and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons can't beat the spread forever. They're five and zero against the spread right now. And this is why I like the 49ers. The Falcons bread and butter is running the football. We know Cordero Patterson went out two weeks ago. It didn't completely stop them last week as they had an okay day on the ground and they did fine against the Buccaneers. Pretty good run defense. I lost in that pick last week. This time, they're actually facing the best run defense in the NFL in the San Francisco 49ers. Just about three yards per carry uh, for opponents against the 49ers right now. So it doesn't matter that the Falcons are a top 10 offense overall yards per play. It's sneaky right now. I don't think it sneaks up on the 49ers. For as questionable as their offense has been throughout certain weeks of this season, their defense has been stellar. And I think they're going to shut down the Falcons in Atlanta. Mariota's turnover prone a little bit right now. That's been his only real big complaint. That and not being able to push the ball down the field. I think this is another one of those games where the Niners get up, running the ball with Jeff Wilson, doing their thing, and the defense clenches the throat of the Falcons here. And they don't have what it takes to, to do it on offense this time, right? The Bucks defense is good. It's been good for a long time. They let their foot off the gas, and the Falcons came back in that game. I'm not convinced the Falcons played so well last week that they had uh, that they had you know the 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 win by the balls there just because of the penalty. Buccaneers kind of fell apart a little bit. 
uh, on themselves there. I don't think the 49ers are going to do that. The run defense is going to be the key. I like the 49ers minus five and a half at the Falcons. And really quickly before Marcos, I think it's because now you've got you and me on opposite sides. So for anybody listening, I think it's going to be important to take a look at the injury report heading into Sunday because uh, Eric Armstead's already out. You know, Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL last week in the secondary. Jimmy Ward has already been ruled out. And then you've got Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, and Samson Ebicam all questionable. So, you know, that run defense is going to be, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on how many of those guys are playing. And I think a lot of their status is basically 50-50 right now as we're recording Thursday night. So that's something to pay attention to. I think even if all three of those guys on the front four play, Bosa, Kinlaw, and Ebicam, I still think Atlanta finds a way to cover. But that's definitely something to look out for. 100%. Always got to keep an eye on the injury report. And uh, yeah, I mean, the injuries that are that are that are surefire out, you know, like you said, Mosley, tough break, but I don't think it's going to break the, the Niners. So I'm hoping that at least this week it doesn't it doesn't knock them out. So Shen, on to your next pick. You're on mute. All right. Pick number two is the all New York parlay. And by that, I mean, we're fading both of them. The Green Bay Packers at home at Lambeau against the New York Jets in a prime bounce-back spot after last week's debacle where they just completely got away from the run game where they were running all over the Giants. And then Rodgers, his average yards per pass per per attempt just goes from like 5 to 12 to 13 in the second half, and he can't do anything. Um, Aaron Jones is averaging over 6 yards per carry this season. A.J. Dillon is averaging under 4, yet A.J. Dillon has more rushing attempts than Aaron Jones on the season. Um, at some point, Matt LaFleur has got to wake up and realize he doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore and start pounding the rock with Aaron Jones, and I think this is finally the week. Uh, look, the Jets, with all their hype, they beat a third-string quarterback this week, and I just really haven't been impressed with them all year. And then leg two, the Baltimore Ravens. I know Pat's got the Giants plus five and a half. I think the Giants get absolutely routed this week. The, uh, the luck and good fortune of this team is going out the window. Daniel Jones still sucks, in my opinion. The Baltimore Ravens, Pat roasted Marlon Humphrey. I don't know where he's getting those stats from. In single covers this season, he's averaging a passer rating of 5.4, according to Pro Football Focus. And on third and fourth downs, he's averaging a passer rating of 2.8 against him with two interceptions on the season. So he's actually one of the top corners in the entire league. Um, That is a secondary that gives up 300 yards per game, though. They're the worst passing um, defense in the NFL. That, that, that's fair, but you said Marlon Humphrey is walking around looking like an old man along with Marcus Peters. Now, I don't have anything about Marcus Peters. Peters but- Marcus Peters for sure is. Marlon Humphrey, man-to-man, probably has been as great as the stats say he has, but zone defense, whatever the fuck defense they have been running, it ain't working. All right, we'll see Sunday. Packers big, Ravens big. You won't have to worry about it. Minus 120. Don't even check the box score until 7 o'clock at night and check the money in your account. Pick two. Wow. So much confidence for a guy with a nine and 16 record. I absolutely love that. And I'm with you, by the way, Shen, you know, we're talking about how bad their defensive backs are. We're talking about a pretty bad passing attack for the giants too. So uh, weakness meets weakness. It might become a wash. And then you look at the other strengths. Again, I said, I have that pick. I may have just showed my hand down the road. So we'll see. It sounds like we're a lot of it's skewed because of the whole Waddle and Hill explosion from a couple of weeks ago. Um, You know, they look pretty good against more chase. I know, you know, T. Higgins only played about 10 snaps last week, but they still have Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst as well. So it's not like they're scrubs. But moving it, moving it back on, I think Pat's ready for pick three. Yeah, pick number three for me, I believe that in the order that I texted you, Pete, give me the brownies. 
Give me the Brownies minus two and a half here. I don't care if Mac Jones somehow does play. I'd be stunned if he does. This is looking like Bailey Zappi once again. Even if it's Mac Jones, I mean, the line, what is, how much of a line is Mac Jones moving? A point, point and a half. Um, so at that point, if it's two and a half, if it's one and a half, I don't care. I think the Browns win this by at least a field goal. Um, I just, I, I think the Browns are the all around better team. Jacoby Brissett has been everything they've could have asked for so far. And, you know, you go back to week two, the, the debacle against the Jets, um, you know, kind of hard to say what if, you know, their defense, they haven't been able to be trusted, uh, especially the secondary. It's been weak, but I mean, is New England, what does New England want to do? They want to run the ball. That and the fact that my fantasy running back, Damian Harris, I would say it's a miracle if he plays as well. So you're looking at it basically Ramondre Stevenson and then a, a fill-in of Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris. Um, New England's not going to be able to throw the ball regardless. So that's the weakness of the Browns. The Patriots don't have the, the willpower and the firepower to throw the ball all over the place. So I like the Browns, especially if Clowney and Miles Garrett both play. Right now they're also questionable. Uh, but either way, I think what the Browns have been able to do all year, pound the rock, it's going to bode well for them with Chubb, with Kareem Hunt against this New England defense that, yeah, they shut out the Lions last week. I mean, was anybody – Pete, I think maybe you might have been surprised by that. I know you had the Lions, but at the end of the day, Belichick coach team against the Lions team, that was the worst defense. They get torched, and they find a way to finally shut down Jared Goff, which Belichick did in the Super Bowl. So – Browns have been putting up a ton of points. The offense looks great. They're running the ball great. Brissett's been pretty decent so far on third down. Browns at home here. Um, and again, even if it's Mac Jones, I still think the Browns win this game. But especially if it's Bailey Zappi, the Browns have too much on offense for New England to cope with. And um, if the Patriots could throw the ball, maybe I'd probably stay away from this. But the fact that they're going to have to try to run the ball with Ramondre Stevenson alone, uh, this doesn't bode well for them. Give me the Browns minus two and a half. I'm interested to see if Mac Jones comes back, what the line does. Cause I'm not convinced at this point in time, if we have even a slightly banged up Mac Jones, that that doesn't work against the Patriots on the line. Bailey Zappi has done more than fine since he's entered the, the position here. I think it's a shock that he came in for Hoyer and, you know, slung the ball around a little bit last week, obviously went pretty well for him, but I, I don't, I don't know 100% that that line moves at all. Pat, if Mac Jones comes back to your point, really? And I don't know. If it goes the other way, it might all of a sudden be minus three if Mac Jones comes back. And I don't know if that's even a detriment on Mac Jones as a whole. It might just be right now with the with playing on a on a uh, a sore ankle or whatever it may be. But Zappi's been been fine. And I do love Ramadre. I think they don't lose anything, Ramadre to Damien, handoff to handoff. But you're right. If it's just Ramadre, does he get now 25 carries? It'd be great for my fantasy team. Is it great for, for him and their team in general? It, maybe, maybe. And now, Pat, we really... One of us is having a good week this week because my third pick is a teaser. My only teaser of the week, Patriots plus eight and a half and Jaguars plus eight. The Jaguars have burned me a few times after I hit on them earlier in the year. Now they've obviously had a two, two tough weeks in a row with the Colts. Now they own the Colts. The Texans own the Jaguars. The transitive property does not exist in the AFC South. So I'm going back to the well on the Jaguars against the Colts like I did when they dominated them just a few weeks ago. Trevor Lawrence had all those turnover issues uh, with the rain. They're going to be in a dome. That won't be an issue. I think it's really important for them to get back on track here. And I think they have a better offense by a good margin than the Colts do. And I think they have a way better defense than the Colts do. The pass rush for the, for the Jaguars is very strong. Josh Allen's been an absolute stud this year. And Matt Ryan can't freaking move. Put all those things together. 
I like the Jaguars at a uh, plus two, but I love them at plus eight and they're a perfect teaser leg through the three, through the seven. I know that hasn't worked out beautifully every single week this year on all the picks, but it's worked out decently. I haven't always picked the right pairing, right? We talked about the teasers hitting one leg and not the other. That's why I like this one. Jaguars up to plus eight. I think they beat the Colts. I think they keep it close at minimum because the Colts don't have what it takes to blow out anybody right now. They're coming off a game against another good defense in the Broncos. They didn't even score one touchdown. I think it'll be similar enough to where the Jaguars at minimum keep it within eight. For the Patriots, little extra juice for Bill Belichick every time he plays those brownies, right? And I think with Jacoby Brissett being a quarterback he's well aware of and knows very well, he'll do enough to keep this one close. I don't think Brissett's going to sling the pill that much this week. Now, I do want to say this, Pat. Nick Chubb caught so much crap in the world of fantasy going into draft times this year. People are saying, oh, why do you even want Nick Chubb? He doesn't get any catches. He doesn't score that many touchdowns. He's been one of the best running backs in the league again this year. He's a pretty much a lock to be an RB1 in fantasy every single year. Uh, he's right on that like 8 to 11 range almost every year. He's scoring more touchdowns. He's an absolute stud. I just wanted to throw that out there. But that doesn't mean that the Browns are going to win by more than 8.5 points. So, Pat, even though we're against each other a little bit here, we can easily middle this one and both hit. I think the Patriots plus 8.5 with Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones can easily hit here. And the Browns have been putting up a lot of points. I don't know if that works out the same against the Patriots as they start to get a little bit of momentum defensively. They're coming off that dominant performance against a Lions offense that's been one of the best offenses in the league this year to this point. Then they got absolutely shut out. I think they're going to have a strategy to slow down the run and force Brissett to do things he doesn't want to do. So I think, you know, the Browns could win this game. I think the Patriots will keep it close, have a chance to win themselves. Uh, so I'm going Patriots plus eight and a half, Jaguars plus eight, standard teaser, six points each, minus 120. All right. <clears throat> Guess it's over to me. Pick three. Um, I think one of the hottest teams in the league, another two-game two, two game parlay, we're going to go San Francisco 49ers money line at the Falcons. Um, look, <clears throat> I know I think Peter Pat mentioned that the uh, – I think it was Pat – that the 49ers defense is a little bit banged up, but still I think they've got more than enough to beat the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they still don't know how to use Kyle Pitts, who who should be back this week, but you never know how effective he's going to be with the hammy. Um, Cordero Patterson still out, um, and the 49ers are good at stopping the run. Um, and combine that with the fact that Jimmy G seems to be game managing, game managing, ball controlling his way to to victories with Jeff Wilson running well and Debo Samuel doing his thing. I don't see the 49ers having much of an issue continuing their. Uh, their two-game win streak, making it a three-game win streak this week down in Atlanta. And, you know, we're in week six. Pete, I've said this five five weeks straight. I'm going to keep riding the Philadelphia Eagles until the wheels fall off. At 5-0, and I'm assuming it's going to be 6-0. and Look, I know the Dallas Cowboys have won a number of games with Cooper Rush. They haven't lost actually a game yet that he started. Um, but last week he threw for, what, 100 yards, and they somehow got a win o over the uh, Los Angeles Rams, who just look miserable on offense right now. Their defense was not the problem in that game. Their offense is absolutely pathetic. Um, and the Philadelphia Eagles are a top-five unit both on the offensive line and the defensive line. So a lot of people think that Dallas, you know, coming into this game may continue riding this magical wave of Cooper Rush. I think they're about to run into a buzzsaw this Sunday, and the Eagles are going to make a huge statement. Go, Birds. Fly, Eagles. Fly, whatever you want to say. Eagles, big time with the 49ers this week. Minus 105, pick three. And just to uh, quickly aside, Pat, before you jump into your next pick here, I said I, I didn't have the number up in front of me before. 
it is actually three yards on the dot per carry right now for the 49ers defense. I mean, that's off the charts, uh, three yards per carry. And I know, like you said, Pat, you went through the injury report. Everybody on that, on that D line is questionable right now, if not counting Armstead, who's out. But I mean, th- this defense and D'Amico Ryans has been plug and replace all over the place. And they've been really freaking good. I trust him and that defense as much as any unit in the league right now. Fred Warner cleaning it up all the time. I, I mean, if, if Bosa goes, Kinlaw goes, you're, you're going to feel really good about it. But I think you feel decent anyway. So, so Shen, I'm with you. But let's quickly just look at the picks here. If you're on YouTube, you can see him. We got picks here, three each right now. Shen, you're sticking with the Moneyline Parlay action. Pat, you're all straights right now. I got two straights and a teaser. How are we feeling right now, Pat? How do we feel that you and I are kind of head-to-head on a couple picks and and Shen also getting in on the anti-Pat stances as well? Yeah, well, I think first, because I I just saw Mark put this in the chat. I don't know. I think this is the second week in a row you've done this. You spell the Packers. uh, You got like some... (laughs) The Packers. You got some some dyslexia going on there. (laughs) (laughs) Just type so fast, you know what I mean? But, dude, I think you said it best. One way or another, one of us is going to have a good week, right? <laughs> so, uh, look, as long as one of us gets on a roll, that's all that matters. But I'm just simplifying things, man. I'm simplifying things, and I'm looking at it. At the end of the day, we've said the big trends this year, the big themes. Underdogs are having one of their best seasons in the last two decades. Unders are having one of the best seasons in, uh, in the past two decades. So, you know, I've got a, I've got a couple of big dogs here at home, uh, you know, on a week-to-week basis, the Ravens haven't shown me enough to blow teams out. The 49ers, outside of blowing out Carolina, I mean, yeah, they looked phenomenal last week. They crushed the Rams, which they always do. But you only got to go back a couple of weeks to, you know, they lost to Denver, who looks like they're one of the worst teams in the league right now. So any given Sunday, I'm going to trust the teams at home, the home dogs, to keep these close. And I feel pretty good about these picks. And uh, I got another one that's going to go against Mark to finish up, but – if we move on to here to pick number four, this is a must play every single time for me when teams like this get together. I said I'm going to mostly stick to against the spread, but when it's Chiefs Bills, you got to go with the same game teaser every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. Give me the Chiefs plus seven and a half and let's get the over down to 45 and a half. That is minus 110 odds. Uh, here we go. Some stats for you. Bills, Chiefs, Mahomes and Allen. First off, Patrick Mahomes has never been a home underdog in his career. So it's looking like that's going to be the first time you're going to see that. Second, between these two, the last four matchups, the over is 3-1, and one, and it's gone over by an average of five points per game. This total right now is 53.5. It would be the lowest total of the five meetings between these two teams. Mahomes, when he is a field goal favorite or less, and again, he's an underdog at home for the first time in his career, he is 13-2 and two against the spread. Um, now one of those losses was last year when he was a two and a half point favorite and Buffalo came into Kansas city and crushed him by 18. I think this is much different. I think you saw that Kansas city plays as well when they play emotionally as just about any other team, especially any other Super Bowl contender in the NFL. There was a lot riding for him when they went into Tampa Bay, the spot where they lost that Super Bowl game. And that offense was the best we've seen it maybe in the last five years. I mean, Tampa Bay, arguably top three, if not the best defense in the National Football League, could not stop them to save their lives. And now you've got everything. Oh, now it's the Bills year. The Bills are the favorites. The Bills crushed them last year here at home. This is going to be a big emotional game for Mahomes. He gets up for these more so than anybody else. So I think just off of that, Kansas City, I feel comfortable backing them. 
Then you have the fact that they're essentially healthy across the board. Maybe the only one that's questionable, Frank Clark on the defensive front. Uh, other than that, this offense has been getting better and better every single week. Um, you know, again, I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, a lot can be said about the fact that they were able to close that game out against Vegas, coming down from 17 nothing, and then holding on for the win. Didn't play their best defensively. But uh, for Buffalo, they're coming off the blowout win against Pittsburgh. But we saw what Miami was able to do against them with having minimal time of possession on the ball. Uh, I think home field advantage worked for the Dolphins in the heat. It's going to be different 425 Sunday afternoon, but still Kansas City at home. I think you can always feel confident backing them. And with the Bills, Tremaine Edmonds, a little bit questionable. That's their middle linebacker. That's the guy who does it all for them and stopping the run, which has been on pace to be a legendary run-stopping defensive unit this year. Uh, so we'll see if he plays. You know, I'm not going to make my bet one way or another because of that. Another thing to look out for, big thing to look out for in the secondary, Jordan Poyer. He is once again questionable. If he does not play, I feel unbelievable about this pick, but I'm feeling great about it either way. Chiefs plus seven and a half, get the over down to 45 and a half. I don't see any way the Chiefs get lose by more than a touchdown again at home. And there's like there has been basically every single time these two meet, there's going to be points. I, I'm, I'm with you there. I don't have that game as one of my picks here, but I, I do love the Chiefs in this one too. They seem to have, they seem to have a nice locked in mentality here, where Mahomes is is ripping, the offense is ripping, the defense looks pretty strong. I, I like I like this pick a lot here too. And I think if you're going to run this out for anyone out there, if you like the Chiefs at this at this number that Pat has, you take them at plus two, you get the money line, you just you just sprinkle them all over the place because why not? You know it, the Bills have been one of the best teams in the league this year, but it's not like they're absolutely ripping week after week, like we thought they would, you know, they had some huge plays last week, but they're not, they're not quite as dominant as we thought they were going to be after they dominated the Rams in week one. So I, I love this, Pat. I, I like this pick and it's, it's a vintage Patty Boyle special. So I like it. All right. On to my fourth pick here. I'm going Panthers plus 10 at the Rams. So here's some numbers for you guys. Now, there have been 32 teams that have fired their coach during the regular season since 2003, all right? In the games following the firing, those teams have gone 15 and 17 straight up and 17 and 15 against the spread. Now, that's not a, a spectacular, spectacular number, right? It's still a winning number, 17 and 15, but here's the difference. Those teams before the firing had a 26% win rate straight up and a 37% win rate against the spread. So that percentage jump is pretty enormous after the firing. So it's not like all of a sudden they're winning 70% of games against the spread after a firing, but it goes from 37% to over 50%. I love that right now. And the one strength of the Panthers has been the defense. And I think if you look at this Rams, this Rams team right now, they are the second to worst team in the NFL at running the football right now. And this Panthers defense is their strength. They're going to continue to stop the run of the Rams. Now, are they going to be able to completely shut down Cooper Cup? Probably not. Nobody's able to, right? I don't expect the Panthers to win this game, but to cover 10 points against a Rams offense that's been really a shell of itself to this point. I mean, I said they're second to worst in, in rushing efficiency. They're 27th as well in passing yards per play. So this Rams offense has been bad. The Panthers defense is their strength. Their only strength is their offense has been bad as well. They're the they're one of the worst teams on offense. So I think getting the 10 points makes you feel really good. This defensive front for the Panthers is pretty strong. 
if McCaffrey can get going a little bit again and Baker Mayfield doesn't look like an absolute disaster at quarterback with a little bit extra juice and Steve Wilkes stepping in as coach and what a huge win them not naming Ben McAdoo as the interim coach. So I love the Panthers plus 10 here off the firing. I'm not expecting them to come out, light the world on fire and win, but I'm expecting them to keep it close and cover that 10 points. So Panthers plus 10 at the Rams. That is my fourth pick. All right. Pick four for me. Um, alluded to it earlier. Going to go Aaron Jones, anytime touchdown this week against the New York Jets. I think he's a big focal point of the offense this week for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I expect him to feed it to him, feed it to him, and feed it to him some more. You know, he's averaging six yards per carry, as I said earlier. Um, the Packers got to realize that they're better off when Aaron Jones touches the football. Um, and we're going to parlay that with, because it's it's minus 145 currently on DraftKings, so we're going to bring that down to uh, plus 105 with the Los Angeles Rams money line. Um, you know, Pete, you said they've been they've been pretty inefficient and bad in a lot of areas, but the Carolina Panthers, they're even worse to me. Um you know, I don't need them to win by 10. I mean, I, I don't – I think the uh, Panthers covering the 10 is actually a pretty uh, pretty decent pick. But uh, the Rams, this is a big get-back spot for them. Um, they've lost two weeks in a row. Uh, the, the Panthers don't boast the defense that the Dallas Cowboys do. I realize they still have issues on the offensive line. It looks like Stafford will have his fourth center in six games here. But at some point, look, are they P- getting beat by P.J. Walker bad? I don't think they're that bad yet. So give me the Los Angeles Rams to win. Combine that with Aaron Jones to get in the end zone this week via through the air on the ground at playing. That gives you plus 105 total. That's going to be my fourth pick of the week. All right, fifth and final pick for me. I'm going against Mark in somewhat of a vein, mostly because he said that they're going to run into a buzzsaw, but they're the cover Kings right next to the Atlanta Falcons. I think they cover again. Uh, I don't know if they're going to win the game, but give me the Cowboys plus six and a half. I mean, they have been the most publicly uh, betted side for the last couple of weeks and they continue to hit and they are the most publicly betted side behind the Cincinnati Bengals here in week six. I saw 81% of, uh, of the bets are coming in on Cincinnati. They're minus what one against new Orleans. I mean, that game, that game reeks. I'm not going anywhere near that one, but second right behind that is 68% of them of the bets are on the Dallas Cowboys plus six and a half. They were the most publicly bet side last week against the Rams. They won the game outright. And I think they followed a formula that has, you know, basically been unstoppable this year. And that is Dan Quinn's defense has been just absolutely absurd, led by Micah Parsons, who is um, a little bit banged up this week in practice. He's going to play. He was limited on Thursday. They're just managing his workload. Demarcus Lawrence uh, was also limited in practice. They're both going to play. And this defense has just been firing on all cylinders right now, getting to the quarterback, stopping the run. They have been unstoppable. They're holding teams to just 219 yards in the air. And especially on third down, they have been incredible. And in the last four weeks, they did it against Cincinnati. They did it again. They shut down the Giants on Monday night where everybody thought, hey, this is the Giants time. I thought the Giants uh, were going to keep that game within a touchdown. They did, but then they blow out the Washington Commanders. And then they follow that up with a superb win on the road against the Rams. Now they're on the road Sunday night against the Eagles, who have been the only undefeated team left in football. Um, I think the Cowboys once again keep this close. Cooper Rush, say what you will about him. He's undefeated against the spread in his career. He's 5-0. and He's one of four quarterbacks to do that in the history of football. The other ones, Roethlisberger, Kurt Warner, Patrick Mahomes. So say what you will about Cooper Rush. The guy can cover. 
The Cowboys, since the start of last season, they are the number one team against the spread at 17-6. and six. And I think even though they haven't made it look pretty, they have found a way. CeeDee Lamb has started to turn into that number one receiver. The duo of Zeke and Tony Pollard has been working great running the football. The offensive line is starting to come into shape. Um, and I think that six and a half is just too much for an interdivisional game in a primetime spot with a defense that has played as well as them. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, he's been fantastic. He has. But there's questionables all over that Eagles offensive line right now. And I think that what they want to do in terms of running the football, the Cowboys are going to have an answer for. And then the big thing is going to be how Trayvon Diggs and that secondary lineup and try to stop A.J. Brown. I wouldn't be stunned if the Cowboys win this game outright and ruin one of Mark's picks, but I think they absolutely cover six and a half on Sunday night football. I think this game's going to be a war. That was I wonder what those quarterbacks' records are in the in game six of covering the spread. <laughs> Just curious. Uh, that's not that's not a shot at that's not a shot at Pat. No, it's just I, a I'm funny just, thing. I'm to just say. wondering in general what what, what it is. Um, you said there's what five people total. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It should be an interesting game Sunday night. I uh, I was very close to making this one of my picks, Pat. So we would have been on the same page here. I was going to go Cowboys, and and last second I decided not to, and I'm going against you instead. Instead of staying with you for one pick, I'm going to stay true to the trend of week six. And with my fifth pick, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens minus five and a half at the New York Giants, and and. You know, it's hard to argue a lot of your your picks here, Pat. I mean, a lot of your uh, your points there on on uh, on why the Giants can cover this game up and why they've been playing well and why the defense has been good. Well, one of the negatives to the Giants' defense this year has been the run defense. They're giving up five yards a carry right now. That's sixth worst in the entire league. So I think the Ravens can can run the ball on them. I think they're going to put up points. And I think this is one of those moments where the Giants' story after beating the Packers on this big-time moment now traveling back from London and having that big-time victory, there's a chance for a letdown spot here. Plus, the the Ravens played um, the Ravens played their game on Sunday against the Bengals. Big-time close win. But the other two wins for the Ravens this year have been by uh, by by over uh, by 15 points and by 11 points. So I think when they beat the Giants, it can be by a touchdown here. And one thing that I really liked about the Ravens that they were absolutely desperate for is J.K. Dobbins looked pretty good. Now he only had eight carries in the game, his first game or you know first game looking like he's getting back. I expect him to get a heavier usage in this game here, and you got to feel good that he started to look a little bit better there in, in this game. So I love the Ravens here. This is one of those moments for the Giants where this four and one is great. You beat the Packers. Amazing. It was a spectacular win at nine 30 Eastern time last Sunday. I'm now, I'm not now convinced all of a sudden that the Giants are this team that they're going to all of a sudden just dominate and, and play with a team like the Baltimore Ravens, who I look at as one of the AFC contenders. I think this is a moment for the Giants to be let down and to be proven who we thought they were from the beginning of the season. They're not that team and they can't pass the ball. We talked about a little bit earlier. The weakness of the Ravens defense has been the secondary. The giants are not the type of team who are going to be able to take care of that. And, uh, and, and just all of a sudden uh, the giants are going to pass the ball all over the Ravens defense. So the, the Ravens defensive Run stopping hasn't been spectacular either. It's pretty much right there with the Giants. So unless Saquon goes absolutely nuclear again and again and again and again, I don't know if it's going to be enough to keep up with Lamar and what he's been doing because he's been absolutely spectacular. A lot of talk about Wink Martindale and how he knows Lamar and knows the Ravens. 
I'm not buying into it. I think Lamar is in route to a possible MVP level season. And this is going to be one of those games where he puts his foot in the ground and take out the giants at home minus five and a half after a little bit of a letdown after the giants spectacular win over the Packers. So I'm going with Ravens minus five and a half at the giants as my final pick. All right. Final pick for me. And you know what? It's time to get creative again. Three uh, legs. We. I'm going back to the well. Not too crazy as a couple of weeks ago, but look, I couldn't find anything else that I really liked until I started messing around with some of these lines. And, you know, Pat did a little bit of a teaser on the Kansas City-Buffalo game. So I said, well, no, I, I had this pick made already, but I just thought, you know, we're thinking a little bit of the same thing on the same wavelength. So three legs all involved with this Kansas City-Buffalo game. Leg one, Kansas City Chiefs plus 12 and a half in this game. Uh, Pat has him plus seven and a half. You know, Mahomes at home as an underdog. Um, 12 and a half should be more than enough points. I don't like the Buffalo uh, secondary, especially the two safeties with Hyde being out for the year and Poyer being banged up. I think even if Buffalo does get out in front in this game, I think that the Chiefs will, will be able to throw their way back kind of like last week when the Raiders were up 17 nothing on them early. Um, and that's also factoring into this. I can't see the Chiefs starting out as flat as they did again in back-to-back weeks. Um, so Kansas City plus 12.5 with all the firepower that they have. I think you could honestly do it both ways in this game. I'm just more comfortable with the Chiefs being at home plus 12.5. Um, leg two, Kansas City Chiefs to score over 22.5 points this week. I'm expecting shootout. I think everybody's expecting a shootout, um, especially just with the way that these offenses can move the ball in the tempo that they play at. This could turn into a track meet very fast, even if it's like a 10-7 game at the half or something even less than that. I think, you know, within any five minute, minute within any five minutes given in this game, there could be an offensive explosion. And then last, the Buffalo Bills over 19 and a half points in this game. I feel very comfortable that both teams score 20. Obviously, the Chiefs need a little bit more, a field goal more than that 20 points. But look, the Buffalo Bills offense has, has been as great as anybody in the NFL this season. Um, they've barely punted. Um, the strength of the Chiefs is obviously not their defense. Last time these two teams played, Gabe Davis had four touchdowns, and Stephon Diggs is playing in this game. Um, you know, they've got Isaiah McKenzie, too. They've got plenty of weapons. I don't see any reason why they're not going to throw up 20 points in this game. And when you can get it at minus 110, pretty much at a toss-up for odds, I feel like you have to go with it because everyone and their mother doesn't think this is going to be a 13-10 game. So – just to reiterate that one more time, I know it was a mouthful. Kansas City Chiefs plus 12.5. Kansas City Chiefs over 22.5 points. Buffalo Bills over 19.5 points. Minus 110. Pick five to wrap it up for week six. And some major league finagling of the spreads there by you, Mark, because I just went on to DraftKings while you were doing that, and I tried to see if there's a way for you to do Chiefs plus 12.5 and, and, and then an alternate total by itself and you actually can't even get to the numbers that you have, right? So if you have Chiefs well, did you Did you same game parlay it? Yeah, so I did same game parlay, Chiefs plus 12 and a half, and then the lowest over that you can get on DraftKings same game parlay is 44 and a half, which is higher than what you have um, in general. You, you have a total of 41 and a half, right? So the way you finagled this to minus 110 is actually pretty incredible because if you go Chiefs plus 12 and a half, which is the highest number you can get on DraftKings same game parlay, and over 44 and a half, which is the lowest over you can get, it's minus 165. So you somehow kind of figured out a Chiefs plus 12 and a half over uh, 41 and a half at minus 110. 
kudos. Well done to you. You need obviously a little bit more. That's interesting. Favor, but I mean, what a way to finagle the lines in your favor to get a nice little minus one ten there. You see, I didn't realize that, Pete, but that's that's very interesting that you you bring that up going by the individual team scoring props. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, the, the way the odds work on that is you're now not relying on total points. Like, say the Chiefs win, you know, um, thirty five to. I don't know, 13 or something like that, and the number would have hit, that's where you would lose out. But you're expecting this to be a closer game and you're expecting both offenses to put points on the board. And that, I mean, it makes sense to me. And this is how we've said many times on this podcast as famous last words, how can this lose, right? Like how can this possibly lose? Cody O'Connor will be in our group chat ripping us when one of these, (laughs) especially this pick, Mark. So I like you said it yourself right there. I in for the Chiefs to win 35-13 or be in that position, you know, Buffalo loves throwing the ball as it is. They're allergic to running it. And if they get behind, it's going to be throw, throw, throw even more, more to that point. So look, I think if any leg busts, to be honest with you, it's an off day from the Kansas City offense and they don't get to the they don't get to the 23. I can't see Buffalo not scoring 20. Can't see it. Pat, how do you feel about Mark's uh shenanigans Shen Lugan same gamer I think he could be on to something you know um we've said these words before yeah we have you know, I, <laughs> I think he's right Buffalo not getting the 20 would be it would feel like a giant shock um but he's got Kansas City plus 12 and a half you know he could he could be looking like a genius with Buffalo getting to 30, getting to 20 at halftime. But if the Bills win this game 30 to 20, 30 to 21, he loses. So it's really going to, yeah, like he said, it's going to be on whether the Chiefs can get to 23. They should. I think I think they do. I've got them, you know, plus seven and a half and over 45 and a half. Um, but, you know, I just, I thought, I thought that was really, really well done the way, like you said, he finagled that. Because if he had the Chiefs plus 12 and a half, I think to get the same odds, he would have needed to take over 49 and a half. But yet, you know, here he only needs – he needs two teams to basically each get the – Chiefs get to 23, Bills get to 20. That seems like it's a lot more likely to happen. And, and Mark, if I can just say this real quick. If you switched it, right, and went with the Chiefs at 19 and a half on the over and mm-hmm. Bills at 22 and a half on the over, it's actually minus 105. And I mean, I'm not telling you to change your pick, but I'm just saying if, if that's how you feel it can get blown up, I mean, in reality, you can probably throw in both and possibly hit both, you know? So it's kind Look, of a, a interesting little way there. I'll go, I'll go back to what I said a couple of weeks ago. I think the only, with the uh, Lamar Jackson thing, he now granted he didn't get injured, but I think the only way this thing does get blown up is if somebody gets hurt. Cause this, I'm not even relying on, you know, stats here where Lamar didn't get to the 170, and that's what blew it up a couple of weeks ago. This is just the te- team totals and, and whatnot. And you know what? If somebody gets hurt, maybe the Chiefs don't cover the plus 12 and a half if Mahomes goes, God forbid, goes down. But Right. Not something you ever want to bet on, right? You're I, never, never going to bet with that in mind unless somebody's going into the game with an injury where you think they can leave, right? Like if, if you're going on Herbert the week after he, you know, got the rib injury, you know, maybe you can say with some level of confidence, I could see him not finishing the game, but you're never going to ever make a pick assuming of injury. So, I, I mean, I like it. I like it. Here we go. Here we are. Week six picks. We're feeling good. I think, I think we're feeling good and uh, we're ready to go. So 
there's a chance now for Pat to clean up and me and Mark to have some ugly losses here. There's a chance for me and Mark to clean up and Pat to have some ugly losses. But it seems like the way our picks have landed here today, that someone, possibly two of us, should have very strong weeks here. So just to recap real quick, if you're on YouTube, you can look along with us. We got me, Vikings minus three and a half at the Dolphins, 49ers minus five and a half at the Falcons, Patriots and Jaguars teaser, Patriots plus eight and a half, Jaguars plus eight, Panthers plus 10 at the Rams, Ravens minus five and a half at the Giants. For Pat, we got the Falcons plus five and a half at the 49, uh, versus the 49ers, Giants plus five and a half versus the Ravens, Browns minus two and a half versus Patriots, Chiefs plus seven and a half and the over 45 and a half, Cowboys plus six and a half at the Eagles, and Shen, last but not least, Vikings and Bucks money line parlay plus 100, Packers and Ravens money line parlay minus 120, 49ers and Eagles money line parlay minus 105, Aaron Jones anytime touchdown and Rams money line plus 105, and then the Chief Bills special, Chiefs plus 12 and a half and over 22 and a half, Bills over 19 and a half. There we go. Any last words before we say goodbye, my friends? Five and oh, baby. Let's have a week. I mean, I don't know what else to say at this point. We've been giving these, you know, sign-off messages for five straight weeks, and my God, we're what? What was was the graphic? 27 and 48? Yes. So we've won 27 out of 75 games. We're we're playing a little bit over 33% ball here. Um, It looks like Daniel Jones' completion percentage for this Sunday. But uh, (laughs) that's (laughs) – that's where I'm at. So, uh, yeah. good, as I like to say to Pat before I sign off, before we usually make our bets, good luck to all and good luck to absolutely nobody. So, we'll, yeah. see, we'll see what happens. There we go. I'd, um, like to, I'd like to counter what Mark said about the uh, Daniel Jones completion percentage um, because Daniel Jones is eighth in the NFL, 67% <laughs> percentage completion. It was a joke. <laughs> it was wrong. And not a not a funny joke, Mark. That's our core. That's right. You don't have to be funny, Pete. Because at the end of the day, when Marlon Humphrey's locking up whoever he's locking up again this weekend, it's going to be irrelevant. Whether it's Richie James or Ricky Martin or whoever Pat was talking about before. They can lock up whoever they want to lock up. Can they stop Saquon Barkley? Last four teams have not been able to. That is literally the only question. That is the only, only question. And uh, Daniel Jones has been – relatively turnover free to this point as well, you know, and that's, uh, that's something that's been a huge feather in his cap in 2022 and hopefully he can keep it up for the sake of giants fans. And uh, yeah, the Ravens are looking to, to make that not true after this week, but we shall see how it goes. Guys, we have basketball season starting next week. Cannot wait to rip a basketball podcast. So anyone listening today um, next week, we're probably not going to do our standard NFL recap. I know that's going to be two weeks in a row where we're not recapping football, but with the Knicks preview we have to do, basketball preview we have to do, probably going to push that off. Maybe we'll do something else. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get three episodes in next week. We also have the Yankees playoff. Their game got moved on Thursday, so that's a little bit in limbo right now. But we got Yankees playoffs. We got basketball starting, and we have football in full swing. So what a time to be a sports fan. Thank you guys for listening as always. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on your podcast app, Apple or Spotify, and on YouTube. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a comment, or hit us up on social at Subway Sports Talk, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, 
at Pat Boyle 44 at M Shen 26 and me at P Kennedy with two Y's. everybody. Thank you for listening. Good luck in your picks. Hopefully you're doing better than us this year. And maybe this is the week we turn it around and maybe we'll be saying the same thing in week seven. <laughs> <laughs> Subway sports talk, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. <laughs>